Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Raising Daughters. Dr. Tim Jordan here. Today, we are going to talk about why college sucks. Now, I'm not talking about four years of college or five years of college. I'm talking about especially that first semester. And that first semester at college can be very challenging for young adults. There are a lot of teens who come home during the holidays and they're wanting to transfer. They don't like it. They're disappointed. And a lot of times they have to be talked into going back for a second semester. Um, I think that's very, very common. So I thought I would talk for a few minutes today about why that's so and what we can do to help prepare our young adults to maybe have a better experience even in their first semester. I think socially... Uh, I think they haven't, it's hard in that first semester to really find your new supportive tribe. It's just hard. Um, There's a lot of people who come to college and they're insecure, they're anxious. And because of that, because everything's so new and and they've left all their support at home, because of that, they're not their true selves at the beginning. So you see a lot of exaggerated versions of people. They're, They're more quiet or they're more loud, they're more wild. And so it's hard to really connect with people at a deeper level because people aren't at that level. Uh, because they're so anxious about finding new friends. And I think that's even true if they're in a sorority. It's even true, because a lot of people when they go to college will sort of hang out at the beginning with their old high school friends or or the first people they kind of bump into. And they may not be the people they end up with, but it's better than having nobody. So I think that's one way socially that college isn't so great for them at the beginning. A lot of the connections at first are kind of more superficial, if you will. You know, I... Uh, they may uh, be connecting through partying or getting wasted or hooking up or gossip. A lot of women tell me that before they go to parties, they have pregames where they sit around and take two or three or four or five shots because they feel so socially awkward these days. They feel so awkward and insecure about just walking up to people at a party or a bar and just kind of starting up a conversation. I think they become very reliant on their phone and social media for their social lives. I think, in general, this generation of young people doesn't have the social skills that maybe we had because we were forced to interact with people. I also think, last part about the social part about the why college sucks the first semester, is that I think that a lot of them feel let down. They feel disappointed because the reality of what they experienced in that first semester doesn't measure up to the buildup. Like they've heard from people a year ahead of them, or maybe they went to visit colleges and they get this story built up in their minds of this wild parties and like an animal house, if you will, from our generation, an animal house kind of look. And it doesn't quite measure up to that. So a lot of them are kind of disappointed. Like, well, I thought it was going to look like this and it's not. So I'm not sure what it's supposed to look like. The academic side of it also, I think, causes uh, that first semester to be challenging. It's a totally different structure and it takes a while for young people to get used to it. They're used to going to school for seven hours a day and going from one class to the next class all day long. And now they have large blocks of free time. There's some days when they only have one or two classes, you know, the first couple hours in the morning. I know a lot of them try and set up their classes so there's nothing on Fridays. And so it's awesome to have all that free time. But they have to kind of learn how to get used to it and use it. Otherwise, it's easy to get behind. It's easy to procrastinate because you don't have a class for three days or four days. So you've got to learn how to manage those large free blocks of time. It's also a little bit less personal, especially that first year. A lot of them have been high school classes where they may have been 12 or 15 or 20 or 22 or 24 kids. And now they may be in an entry-level kind of gen ed kind of class where there's 100 people or 400 people. So there's less personal attention by the professors. 
Um, and for a lot of this generation who's used to lots of regular pats on the back and needing adults to motivate them, it's hard because they're not going to get that in college in that first year. There's also another kind of reality check, and it looks like this, um, especially if you go to a top college, quote unquote, a top tier college, because everybody who goes to those kind of colleges are all in the top five to 10% of their high school class. And now they're surrounded by all these other people just like them. And now only five to 10% of them can end up at the top. And for a lot of young people, that's frustrating and discouraging because it's just they're used to being the one of the best. And now they're just one of those top people. That first semester, a lot of them get some Bs or Cs, and maybe the first time in their life they've had those because of all the adjustment issues, and it creates a lot of self-doubt and negative self-talk academically for young people. Also, there's a lot of big tests and papers, and there's less quizzes and other ways to kind of pull your grade up. And so you may only have three or four tests over a whole semester, so if you start getting behind or you start to you know, uh, not do well at the beginning, it's hard to pull that grade back up harder than it was in high school. Plus, I know a lot of young people who think they want to be an accountant or they think they want to be, uh, be a social worker or a psychologist, and then they take some of the introductory classes for that major, and they don't like it very much. So then they start to doubt their choice, and they kind of go into confusion, and they get stressed by that because they should know what their major is, and then that obviously has an effect on their academics. Another factor that comes into play about why it may be a tough challenge for first-semester college students is because of some emotional and psychological issues. They're away from home, and for a lot of them, it's the first time. Their parents aren't going to be there to help them with their problems. And a lot of parents today do overprotect their kids, solve their kids' problems, and so many college students arrive at the gates of college unprepared to be self-reliant. They've relied a lot on their parents to solve problems and to handle all, the, all their issues. A lot of young people today have a hard time handling the normal ups and downs of life because they were never allowed to have any downs. They weren't allowed to struggle. They weren't allowed to make mistakes or to take risks or to fail. Because if they started to go downhill a little bit, their parents would rush in and bolster them up. Because we don't want our kids to be unhappy or stressed or anxious or to fail. And that's not reality. So now they go off to college and mommy and daddy aren't there to, to pump them up. They have a hard time because there are going to be some downs, just like everybody experiences in life. I also think that we haven't prepared our kids very well to know what they're feeling and how to express them in healthy ways. And I've talked about that on previous blogs and podcasts. So they may go through periods where they're sad or blah or unhappy or stressed. And because they don't want to feel all that, they just distract themselves and keep busy with things, which of course makes it worse because then they, things build up and then they get overwhelmed. They're on overload. There are a lot of college students today who go to mental health uh, uh, places on campus. The mental health institutions on campus, the clinics, are overrun with college students. I've also talked about that before in previous blogs and podcasts. The amount of depression, anxiety, overwhelm, stressed out is up, you know, two-thirds, three-fourths of the college students are feeling that. And I think because they're on overwhelm, because they're not expressing things and things build up, it creates a whole other litany of symptoms, like poor sleep, hard to fall asleep because they have so much in their minds. And when they lay down to fall asleep, it's the first time all day they've been alone and quiet, and bam, all this stuff comes rushing up. And if you're not getting enough sleep or your sleep is restless and poor, that's going to affect everything. 
It's going to be harder to concentrate. It's going to be harder to not be so emotional and have all the emotional ups and downs. Other symptoms that can occur because of overwhelm is anger, snapping at people, being distracted, having a hard time focusing. Uh, Sometimes people end up feeling blah or or they feel depressed. They, They lose their zip and their motivation. Sometimes people, when they're over, on overwhelmed with emotions, it comes out as more anxiety. Our body symptoms, stomach aches, headaches, or they get sick a lot. Um, I think we've prepared our young people fairly well academically, but we have not prepared them very well emotionally, psychologically, and to be self-reliant. I think these are the reasons why a lot of your young adults may come home at Thanksgiving or the holidays feeling kind of unsettled and they don't like their school and they don't want to go back and they want to transfer. Um, but I think when they, if, when they go back, I think if you make them quote unquote go back, what happens for most young adults is things get a lot better. They start finding better friends. People settle down and everybody is looking for a support system. Everybody's looking for better friends. So it's much easier to find true friends. They also get used to their schedule, they get used to the campus, their classes, they get used to their professors, the whole academic stuff, and so that's easier. They start to feel more grounded, more confident, more hopeful, and by the end of the semester, most 18, 19, 20-year-olds love their campus. They like their college. Some transfers because they are changing majors and they want to go somewhere different. For some of them, it's not a good fit. For the vast majority, though, it is a good fit. Now, they may be ready to take a break by early May, and they may want to come home, but for most of them, by the end of July, they are itching to return to their college because they miss their friends. They miss that that rhythm of their life. So let me give you just a few suggestions about maybe how we can better prepare teenagers for that first semester of college. One of them is a reality check on their expectations. That whole thing about the you know Animal House kind of a, a visualization for what it's going to be like. I think I think you can kind of help them to understand that it may not look exactly like that. I would have them spend some time on college campuses with people you might know where they can spend a night and so they can see what it's really like. You don't get the whole picture, but at least you get somewhat of a picture. Also, they can create their own picture. That may be what, you know, the movies tell us. That's what the media says college is like, but but they can figure out what do I want my college experience to look like academically, socially, in all those different ways. If they can kind of create their own picture ahead of time, they'll be much less disappointed. I think they'll be, have a much better job of, of creating what they want. Also, as they go through high school, and by the way, this should start out when they're toddlers, but especially when they're in high school, start turning things over to them. When they have problems, when there's issues in their life, let them handle those on their own. Think for themselves. Learn to critically think. I'd make sure they're advocating for themselves with teachers and coaches and bosses. If there's a problem, don't go up there, don't make phone calls, let them do it themselves. I hear from a lot of college professors that in the last five to ten years, they're getting so many phone calls from parents because little Johnny or little Susie is having a problem in their class. So you better prepare them better than that. Let them handle those things when they're a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior in high school so when they're off on their own, they can take care of those things. Let them make mistakes. Let them fail sometimes. Let them learn from those mistakes and failures and start building some grit and resiliency because the best predictor of success in the first year of college is a young person's level of grit. This is not a gift you can give them. It has to be earned. 
I've also talked about grit in some previous podcasts and blogs, so go back and check on those. We've got to let them fall and pick themselves up because they're going to do that at college. They're going to have those opportunities, and if they've done it dozens of times when they were growing up, it's no big deal. And they'll be a lot more optimistic and hopeful because they know that if challenges come their way, they can overcome them because they have, because you've allowed them. I also along the way would encourage them to take breaks from technology, whether it's an evening or a weekend or a week when you're on vacation, or especially when they're with their friends. Like if their friends come over for a sleepover or something, you might want to talk about having times when they are actually looking at each other and making connections and talking. We had a sleepover at our house a couple years ago. Uh, there was a, at our trivia night where we raised scholarship money for our summer camps. One of the things people bid on was a, uh, an overnight sleepover at the Jordans. So Ann and I had, I think it was eight or ten middle school girls, it was, and they were a blast. But I remember they came, and uh, they knew each other, and so they were having fun. We were play, actually brought board games and things, which a lot of them had not played in a long time, and they were laughing and giggling. So then we came upstairs at one point to get some snacks or something, and then one of the girls brought their phone out, and then boop, 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 all of a sudden there were ten phones out, and everybody was staring at their phone. And Anna looked at each other and kind of smiled, and we said to them, is this what you guys want for tonight? Do you want to be with each other, or do you want to be with each other partly, but also talking to other people who aren't here? And the girls decided on their own that they wanted to be fully present. So they all took their phones, and they turned them off, and they took them down to our basement, and they stuffed them into their, into their uh, backpacks. So it might be good for, for your young people to, to be doing that more and more because I would want them, when they're at college, to not be constantly on their phones. Young people tell me all the time when they're walking around campus, everybody's got their nose in their phone. Thus, they're not making eye contact. They're not meeting people. Even in the class, they'll sit down at their desk and they're, and they're on their phones. I think we can help them become more aware of the cost of that and to start trying to do it different. I also think it'd be great to raise their awareness that it might take a while to find their tribe and to not lose hope and to, and to go into despair. That's normal to not find your besties that first semester. They might, but it's really common for girls to sort of, and boys, I guess, to, to find their, their real true friends. It might take more than just a few months. Plus, people settle down. People become more authentic. People aren't so exaggerated. And I think that's easier to start connecting with people. Also, we, we talked at our camp this summer. It was really interesting. After the first day, there was some complaining about people talking about jeweling and just, you know, like, like bravado kinds of things. And we, we asked them if that's how they wanted to connect because most of them said they would love to have deeper, better, truer friends. And so we started talking about cheap talk. And then we also said, and pardon me if this offends anybody, um, the difference between Aldi's talk versus Whole Foods talk. Aldi's versus Whole Food conversations. And Whole Foods conversations were more, uh, had more depth. You're talking about more real things and being a little bit vulnerable sometimes. And, and they wanted to have the more Whole Foods kind of conversations because they wanted to have deeper friends. So you can talk about that with your, with your young adult too before they go up to school. I oftentimes have girls in my counseling practice make a, a list of the qualities they want in a really good friend. Qualities about, you know, what kind of a person are they? Um, how do they treat you and other people? And that may sound like a younger kid thing, but it's actually not. Because they have that list in their mind when they're walking around campus those first few months. They can start looking for people who match the list. 
They can be picky about who they hang with and who they hold close, because that'll make a big difference, I think, in how they do that first year in college. If you're around people who are stoners and getting high all the time and, and all that, then that's one kind of person you're hanging out with. But if you're hanging out with people who have fun but also are also studying and, and you know care about their, their academics, then I think that also has an effect. Um, I, I would encourage them to put their phone away as they walk across campus and actually look at people and make some friends. Also, before they leave, I would make some agreements with your young adult about how often you're going to talk with them. Because I see a lot of parents today who are talking to their kids five or ten times a day. Like they're walking across campus, I can't, I fa- I can't find my, my uh, biology lab. Well, do you look on the thing? And, and their parents are Googling. And, and I, I think it would be nice for them to actually go away to college. And it's, you're not really going away and getting away if you're still relying on your parents for everything academically and problem-solving-wise and emotionally. So make agreements. Um, let them take the lead to, um, about how often they'll call and when they call. Um, and then, you know, it might be that you talk once or twice a week. And I know it's, it's different today than it was in the old days, quote-unquote, because people, everybody's got cell phones. But still, the thought is, I want you to learn how to be more independent, more self-reliant, and grow up. And a lot of that means we're going to have to cut the ties a bit to give you the space to start doing these things for yourself. I also would encourage your young adults, when they go off to school, to find a quiet, safe space, a place they can go where they can think and reflect away from the crowd to process through any emotions they may have, process through any issues or problems, and or think about you know, how, what kind of decisions they're going to make about certain things, like classes or about their major, etc. And I tell them, you know, it's really good to find a place out in nature if they can. There, a lot of campuses have little parks or they have trees. They have uh, green space. That is grounding for all of us, and especially when you're spending a lot of time either in class or in a dorm where it is you know, loud and crazy. They need to find a quiet space where they can... Um, sit and journal and just have some quiet time. I encourage young adults to create some regular ways to take care of themselves. Make sure that they're exercising regularly, uh, finding a yoga class, having that quiet time I just mentioned, time in nature, time to journal, time to do some art things or play guitar, time for some spirituality for them. Those are things that they make into disciplines that they do regularly. They put them into their structure and their schedule. They'll be a lot more even-keeled a lot more grounded because they're doing those things regularly. I want, and I think most kids do come home more grown up in May after their first year in college. And I think we can help them avoid some of the pitfalls in that first year by doing some of the things I just described. I would love for them to hear stories from people who are in college or out of college so they can kind of give them a a truer picture of what it's really like. And also to normalize that part about how it may be challenging the first semester. You may want to transfer. You may not find your besties that first semester, but don't give up. Hang in there and give it at least a year. And for most of them, it'll end up being a really good experience. Also a quick uh, cheap plug-in for my new book, uh, Letters from My Grandfather, Timeless Wisdom for a Life Worth Living. I have lots of good, I think, advice in there, a lot of good wisdom to help young adults. I, I really wrote it initially for, for young people age 18 to 25, kind of, the, kind of a, a late millennials, people who are uh, 20-something, because I feel like there is some gaps in, in what they need to know to make a successful life. 
So you also might want to check on my website, go to Amazon, Nook, Kindle, all those places, our Barnes & Noble stores, all those places will have that book, Letters from My Grandfather, Timeless Wisdom for a Life Worth Living. I think that would also be helpful to prepare your young adults for college. I hope this helps you, parents, to understand your, your young adult who's going off to school, and also have them listen to this podcast as well, so they might have some a different look before they walk onto campus, or if they're just being on campus for those first few weeks of the first month. I'll be back in two weeks with a new podcast. I'll be back next week with the blog. I appreciate you listening in every week or reading uh, my blog every other week. I also really appreciate you sharing these blogs and podcasts with other people. Also, if you read my new book, please do me a big favor and write a review on Amazon or Nook or Kindle, those places, because it really helps a lot for people to become more aware of the book. I'll be back with you in a week with the blog and in two weeks with the podcast. Thanks for joining in. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.